You're listening to the Senator Podcast, a weekly or occasional look at all things Ottawa Senators, including news, opinions, wacky rumors, drunken rants, bad jokes, overly optimistic outlooks on clearly precarious things, and more. I am your anonymous host, Senator. About three months ago, I googled the question, how to do a podcast. And the next day, I purchased an expensive podcast microphone. The day after that, I googled, how do I use my podcast microphone? Uh, it's uh, three months later, and I still really don't know how to do either of those things. But it's the guests that are holding this show together at this point. And, uh, and with all due respect to Bruce Garriock, Ian Mendez, and my own kids, uh, we're on another level with my with my next guest. So he scored 71 goals, has 288 points, and he just so happens to be the all-time leader in games played for the Ottawa Senators with 1,179. Uh, and as of February of last year, his number four hangs in the rafters at the Canadian Tire Centre. I, I can't really believe what I'm about to say, but uh, my next guest on the Sense Chirp podcast is Chris Phillips. Chris, welcome. Welcome to the show. How's it, how's it going? Thanks. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, I guess my first question is, and I think it's probably what everyone's wondering right now, is uh, how how did you get roped into this? Did you did you lose a bed or something? <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, uh, after uh, retiring from the game, took some time off, um, and uh, had a had a meeting with uh, back then. It was. Uh, serial leader and uh and went in there and, and basically had the conversation like what uh what's there you know seeing what um other guys do uh you know around the league uh, sort of ambassadors with team and uh you know it, that that was kind of a natural fit after uh being uh here uh, as long as i was uh, playing my entire career here um and, and just you know really really felt like that was an easy fit so uh so did that for a few years, and um, in the beginning of the, we'll call it the, the pandemic, um, things changed a little bit. Obviously, uh, not a need to get out there, and uh, and and got a call from Anthony uh, LeBlanc and Mark Bono, um, and uh, and pitched this to me. Um, obviously, after the previous uh, foundation uh, was uh, falling apart in terms of their relationship. And, uh, and, and again, um, it, it just kind of seemed like a natural fit, uh, for, uh, doing, uh, as we did, uh, you know, with the team, uh, with previous foundation, with my Farron, uh, being involved in the community, uh, you know, so tie, tie those two things in together and, uh, and really have a job where you get to go out and, and, um, uh, you know, make a difference, give them money, 
um, you know, that, that's just feels awesome. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about, uh, about doing that and the challenges that are going to come with it as well. I mean, that that's great, Chris. And I think, uh, I mean, I think I speak for a lot of fans when I say we watched a lot of what was happening with the old foundation and there was a lot of concern in the community, mostly about how was the team going to make that, make sure that connection to all these important community groups, uh, remained in place. And I think everyone was just really excited to see, uh, to see your name attached to it right off the bat, because I think that's that's a familiar face and that's uh, a fan favorite. So everyone was really, I mean, thrilled to see that. So I guess my, my question is, what uh, what does a day in the life of a, an executive director of a foundation look like? I mean, other than uh, these these appearances on obscure, obscure podcasts, uh, what, what does a day look like for Chris Phillips these days? You know what, uh, to, to be Brutally honest, I'm, I'm still not sure. Um, you know, only and I and I say that, um, you know, mostly because it's just um, I'd say not normal times right now. Um, so we're in, the, you know, really in the early stages. Um, you know, still trying to fully set up our board. Um, you know, establish some, uh, you know, regulations of, of how we're going to operate business. Um, you know, and, and down to sitting down with the board and, and, and who are we going to support? What's our, you know, our initiative is going to be. And I think the, you know, the, the, the broad general answer for that is, you know, it's going to be youth driven. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously some huge issues that have, um, you know, been a big part of the foundation in the past that will continue. And even more so now with, uh, you know, this uh, pandemic that's going on with, you know, mental illness, um, is a huge part, um, you know, and, and just, as I said, youth driven kids active, but, uh, you know, on, on more specifically on where that's going to go we to sit down. And, um, I know you've, uh, you know, relationship with Brad Weir, um, but, but, you know, he's, he's been, uh, amazing at, uh, at really, I'll, I'll say holding my hand through the process so far, um, because of his experience with the previous board um, and foundation, um, has, has just been huge to be able to, uh, to lean on him. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I have that role, but it's like, uh, he's, he's showing me the ropes right now. So it's, uh, it's been a, you know, I think a great, I'll call it partnership right now because it's basically been the two of us. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the other addition that was really reassuring in those early days to see that, uh, that Brad was involved too, because like you said, he really has a lot of those built in uh, connections in the community and you're, and you're not starting from scratch when you have a, you have a guy like Brad on the staff who has those built in relationships. Um, So it's obviously this is going to be a really unique year um, in terms of there's, there's just not going to be fans in the rink. And usually that's a huge part of, of what the foundation relies on and 50 50 and things like that. So what do you, what do you see as some of the, I guess, priorities and new initiatives that, that the foundation has in mind for this year? Yeah. So our, our big uh, exciting one that, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to uh, say that uh, we got, uh, uh, you know, everything approved and in place in time for the season to start, but uh, uh, we started um, uh, a cat case uh, game, uh, for this year, um, it's in, in place of your traditional 50, 50. And, uh, you know, with, with just having everybody sitting at home, watching on their TVs or computers, 
and not being able to go to the rink. Um, you know, we kind of thought, how, you know, we do different. What can we give a tr- just give it a try and see how see how it's received, see how it goes. And uh, what a what a perfect year to to kind of try that out. Um, so we're really excited about it. We hope uh, the fans get excited about it. And uh, it's going to be a weekly draw. And uh, you know, the twenty percent uh, weekly would would be similar to that fifty fifty, although it's only the twenty percent. And then um, and the thirty percent that's uh, left over for the winner um, has to draw these spades. So if you win that week, you draw your card. If you have the ace of spades, then you will win the other 30%. But it's a progressive draw. So if nobody wins it um, the first week, then that carries over to the second week. Um, and obviously, uh, yeah, we'll be excited for the winner. But uh, selfishly and for uh, the money that uh, we think we're going to raise with this, um, if, it, if it goes long, the longer it goes, the better it's going to build, the more excitement it's going to generate. And in the end, uh, the more we're going to be able uh, to do and, and make a difference in the community. Yeah, and I think that uh, that really does sound like a, a great approach, especially, like you said, people are sitting at home. They're still watching the game. So if there's a way they can kind of play along throughout the year, and I, I think back to the World Juniors, and uh, just recently they were selling their 50-50 tickets at the games there, and that it didn't slow down, right? With, with people watching from home selling online, the sales were – we're crazy. So, so I, I was talking to Brad in the in the lead up to this interview, and he mentioned uh, that you and Chris Neal, uh, who I guess you're still spending a lot of time with, should have your own reality show. Uh, <laughs> that that you're uh, a little bit like an old married couple. And I, I guess my question <laughs> is, how do we make that reality show a thing? And I think that might be another way to maybe to raise some money for the foundation. <laughs> Yeah, that that sounds good. But we we've definitely done uh, a lot of uh, kind of good things um, that uh, you know for for a variety of reasons, um, and uh, obviously long history of, of playing a long time together, and uh, towards both the you know end of our careers being the two old guys, and you know down for breakfast before uh, you know half the team is even awake. Um, you know, so we spent, uh, spent a lot of time together and, uh, you know, so, you know, I guess in, in that, uh, in that way, we, we are a bit of a, that, that old married couple that can, uh, you know, poke fun at each other, have, have, have fun and, uh, and, and be able for both of us to laugh about it. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, considering a lot of the things that have happened, uh, with the on ice product in the last few years, I can't tell you like from a fan perspective, how great it is to see, uh, guys like like yourself and like Chris Neal that are still strongly linked to the community and to the team and are still are still playing that prominent role. So it really is uh, it really is great to see. And I I got to see that reality show. We got to make that uh, we got to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, so I know your your focus is mostly on the on the foundation right now, but uh, we're talking right now in the opening night of the NHL season. So. There's an actual NHL hockey game playing in the background right now, which is kind of unbelievable. And we're, I think we're two days away from the start of the Senator season. So are you still, uh, do you still follow the on ice side of the house? And is that, does Chris Phillips watch the games when they're on? <laughs> he, he still follows. Definitely. Um, you know, I don't uh, necessarily always sit down and, uh, and, and watch every game. That's for sure. But uh, uh, follow the team closely. 
um, you know, I am, uh, I am just a, a big fan now and, uh, and I'm excited about this group that they have, um, that the on ice, uh, skill that they have, uh, I, I like the character that they have there. I think it's, you know, you look at, uh, a, a bunch of guys that could be there for, for a long time and, uh, and guys that want to get out in the community and, you know, as the, you know, executive director of the foundation now, I'm excited about that and working with these guys and, and getting them out there and, and getting, uh, in, involved with, uh, uh, you know, charities, uh, on an individual basis. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, on both sides, the effect that that has with, uh, the charities and the impact that the players have. Um, but at the same time, um, the, the relationship that the community develops with those guys. And, you know, I honestly think, uh, you know, a, a reason why I was, able to play here and stay here so long that, uh, you know, you, you become a, I don't want to call it a fan favorite, but a lot of people want to see you stick around because they actually have a, a relationship with you and, and know you. And, you know, the amount of people that said they went to the game just because they, you know, had met you somewhere and, and wanted to watch you. And, um, you know, so I see that developing, which, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. It kind of reminds me back to my early days here, when, uh, you know, I was, you know, just, just coming in here, you know, we were just a bunch of draft picks at, at that time, myself, and, you know, Wade Redden and Marion Hosa and Mike Fisher and, you know, all those guys uh, coming in, um, you know, I'll be been there for a couple of years, um, you know, mixed in with some, some great veteran leadership and, uh, and we were able to grow and, um, you know, we're, we're a close knit group that uh, I think was a, um, you know, made the, the success that we had a result of that. And, uh, and I think that's where that this group is at right now. And, uh, you know, and, and you don't have to look far to the, you know, the success they've had in, uh, in Belleville and, and the young guys coming in, the draft picks they just had the last couple of years. Um, I mean, you don't want to put pressure on them, but, uh, you know, it, if things fall into place, I mean, you know, you could be, you know, looking at a perennial, uh, favorite here and uh, you know with some some good luck and you know you know hopefully hopefully bring a, a cup in here yeah I mean I think that's uh that's what people are excited about and I'm sure even just thinking practically from the foundation side that excitement about the on ice product is always kind of closely linked to the to the foundation too and I'm sure that that's a huge benefit for both sides of the house right so you mentioned a little bit about uh a lot of the young prospects that came through during your time in Ottawa. And I have to ask you about the, the one Ottawa has right now. So everyone's super excited about uh, Tim Stutzla. And I'm kind of, you, you talked about the idea of they've done a good job of surrounding him with veteran leadership and the importance of that. What would be, I mean, you yourself are a young kid coming into the league at one point, and you've also seen a lot of highly touted prospects come through uh, Ottawa in your time. What would be, some advice you would give to a, to an 18 year old kid in that situation? Well, I think, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is to, uh, you know, keep your eyes, uh, wide open and, uh, as well as your ears. And, uh, you know, as I said earlier, there's some, some great, uh, veteran guys in there. Now they brought some, some older guys, uh, that have some experience, um, how to, how to be a professional and, um, you know, it's you know, not everybody uh, leads by, you know, just 
telling you what to do. Sometimes you have to, you know, be aware as a young kid and just watch what the other guys are doing. And uh, if you do that, you know, pay attention to that, um, you know, off ice, do the right things. And at the end of the day, it's, it's little things that just start to add up and, you know, being in the rink, uh, you know, early, um, you know, earlier than other guys doing the little extras, staying a little bit later and, um, you know, and, and just every day, just, you know, enjoy it, be happy to be there, work as hard as you can. And, uh, you know, from there, uh, you know, the, the skill of those guys will take over, but he'll quickly find his way. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I, as a fan, we hear that idea of learning to be a pro all the time and it, it doesn't always, it doesn't always resonate until you hear what it actually means that it is those little things and the importance of that. Uh, Chris, I know I've taken just about enough of your time and, uh, and the foundation's not going to run itself. Right. But I got, <laughs> I got, a, I got a few rapid fire questions I was hoping oh, okay. to hit you with on the way out the door. So these are, you might have to think back a little bit here and, and okay. some memories. So what, what would you say was the best team you ever played on in Ottawa? I'm sure this is a question you get all the time, but which one do you pick from the, the 0203? 05, 06, maybe the 07 team. What, what would you say was the best team you played on in Ottawa? Ooh, geez, that's, uh, that's tough. And, um, you know, when I, you start rattling off all those years and, uh, you know, like I said earlier, with some good luck that hopefully these young guys get now. But if, if we had some, you know, a little better luck, uh, I think we could have had a dynasty and, and put a, a, you know, a run of, uh, you know, cups together for sure. Um you know, I get uh, 03, um, maybe one of our, our bances, uh, best teams, um, you know, one, one game, one goal or away from, uh, you know, facing Anaheim team that was, uh, you know, not the team that beat us in, in seven. Um, uh, I, I think the next best one might have been the year after the lockout, 05, 06. Um, if, uh, you know, Ray, Ray Emery played unbelievable for us, uh, when, when he had to step in there, but if Dominic Hasek doesn't get hurt, um, I, I think that year is, uh, you know, looking like, a, a Stanley cup, uh, contender, if not favorite, um, uh, you know, and then obviously we go to the cup final in, in 07 with just a great group of guys, but, um, you know, those three years, but, uh, if I if I had to pick one, uh, it might be that old team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's an argument that Sens fans have all the time, and you, you you've made the case there for all three of them. And I, I've heard you talk about uh, even the ninety seven ninety eight team, so the year you you came into the league and the team that beat the Devils in the first round as being another another good team. And uh, so yeah, I mean, there's we're we're kind of spoiled in Ottawa at least during <laughs> during that period where we had some some great teams. Uh, who was your favorite defense partner you ever played with? You know, don't worry. None of them are listening right now. You can, you can be <laughs> honest about it. So who was your favorite to play with? Um, who was my favorite? Um, well, I think I'll go back. I, my, my first one was Igor Kravchuk. Uh, we done the stick doctor. Um, he used to, uh, <laughs> he used to take everybody sick and tell everyone how to, they could change their lives and take it <laughs> and what they could do different. He loved, fooling, did it work? He loved fooling around with it. I mean, I, he could have done anything with mine. I didn't care. Yeah. It didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. His old, old wooden neck back then. I think he did one. Right. Right. Um, but, but he was great. He, he taught me a lot. 
Um, we, we actually had some, um, you know, great guys on the back end when I first came in. Uh, you know, like I said, him, Jason York, Lance Pitlick, uh, Sean Hill was only here for a little bit, but spent a lot of time with him. Um, you know, and, and those guys were, were great uh, kind of mentors for me. Um, me and uh, Wade Redden, um, you know, often joke that, you know, I don't know how many years we even we played together, but it was a long time. And, uh, and, and we joke that uh, we barely saw a handful of shifts together at the same time um, and, and would have loved that chance. Um, at, I, I think that, you know, the two guys that I had the most success with, Anton Volchenkov and uh, Zdeno Chera, um, both of them were a, were a treat to play with. That's sort of kind of where I um, started to really turn into or develop that defensive role and, and embrace it and, and relish it and, and understand the importance uh, of it with, to the team's success. Um, you know, both, both different uh, kind of style guys, but, but had success uh, with, with both of them. I mean, yeah, there's, there's certainly some good ones to choose from along the way. Uh, who would you say, what do we got here? Yeah, let's do a little more current question. So if you could change one rule in the NHL right now, or even maybe it's something that's changed since you were playing. But if you could change one rule, what would it be? Oh, I could change rule. You know, when I when I broke into the league, um, it was always up to the to the forwards, to your defense partner. Um, to we called it hold up. You could you could run some interference, um, and, you know, and allow the guys with the puck to to skate a little bit more. Um, and 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 I kind of even like that rule a little bit more now. Um, not, not only because, you know, you get guys, you know, you know, imagine, you know, the Eric Carls of the game that can, you know, everyone can skate now of, of being really able to wind up. Um, but the, the game has gotten so fast, you know, everybody's getting bigger and stronger and, and the game has not slowed down, down at all. Without that rule, I, you know, I just keep thinking that, uh, you know, some defenseman is just going to get, killed back there where the forwards just have free reign to, you know, dump, dump it in and just go and, you know, hit that defenseman as hard as they possibly can without even worrying about the puck. So for the safety of those guys, um, but also on the offensive side and to allow some of those skilled defensemen to, to be able to wheel with the puck and, and skate it up the ice, uh, I think would be, you know, exciting for that and, and a little safer for the guys back there. So true. And that's one where they've actually gone the other way, right? Where they, they did yeah. allow some of that and now it's it's completely changed. So I'll, I'll hit you with one more. Who, in your opinion, I mean, you might have a bias here because you, you work with one of the candidates, but who should be the next senator to have their number retired? <laughs> I think uh, I think Neeler would be a, a good choice. Yeah. Um, you know, a lifelong guy that, uh, that, you know, really literally, um, you know, bled the, the colors, um, cares so much about the team, does so much giving back. Um, but, but certainly, uh, you know, guys that, uh, you know, are, are right there next in line. Uh, I mentioned Reds earlier, um, Jason Spezza, who's here for a long time, who's still, uh, still going at it. And uh, it's awesome to, to see him still playing. But, uh, you know, uh, Marion Hosa, who's going to be going to the Hall of Fame. How can you not uh, think about him? Uh, you know, even it wasn't, a, you know, a long, long time. Just, you know, the, you know the, the, the amount that he did while he was here 
um, is, you know, an, an incredible player. Um, you know, that would be, all those guys would be first, first thoughts. Some, some great candidates along the way for sure. Chris, I, uh, we'll, we'll circle, circle back to the, the foundation. I know you mentioned chase the ACE. What, uh, what should fans keep an eye out for on that front? Uh, when do things start and, and when can they, when can they join the, join in on the game? It's already started. Uh, com. uh, first draw on the uh, 25th of January and we'll make draws every Monday after that. Um, 20% every week and, uh, 30% to, uh, the first person that, uh, pulls the ace of spades and, uh, we're excited. We're going to raise a lot of money for the community. So, um, get your tickets and, uh, for, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully you're the winner, but, uh, just as important, um, you know, you're, you're helping out, uh, some, some great causes in the community that, uh, that we're really looking uh, forward to, to making a, a big difference. That's awesome, Chris. I, uh, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate you making, uh, making the time this evening, uh, and keep us posted on the Chris Phillips and Chris Neal reality show. Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> just, just don't wait by your phone. There we go. Thanks, Chris. Right on. Thank you. Pre- appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Cheers.